I say, what's good, what's poppin'? Facebook Nation, Snapchat Nation, Instagram Nation, LinkedIn Nation, Twitter Nation, TikTok Nation, Clubhouse Nation, Spotify Nation, Apple Podcast Nation, but most of all, more love nation. What do you say we stop fighting and start uniting? I say hell yeah to the yeah yeah. Bucks in the NBA Finals. So for me, it's really ex- fun, exciting times, and watching sports has always been uh, a passion of mine. So then that's the NBA, and I think that at the end of the day, the Phoenix Suns are going to wrap up that series and, and close it out. I just don't see Giannis and the Bucks. Uh, being able to handle that lineup. I mean, if you look at that lineup, Jay Crowder, Bridges, Derek Ayton, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they're just, that. to me, that has the starting lineup and, the, and it has the championship caliber depth that a lot of lineups don't have and I don't think the Bucks have this year. So if you look at their stat line last night, I mean, Booker had 31 points, five uh, rebounds and six assists. Chris Paul had 23, eight and four. Uh, Derek Ayton had 10, 11, 3, and 2. I mean, these guys were stuffing the, the uh, stat sheet. And then Bridges had 27 and 7. I think he's one of the most underrated players on that team. Uh, and then Crowder had 11, 10, and 3. So those are some big nights for that lineup. I mean, that's a stat sheet stuffed. So I think the Bucks are going to have a really hard time trying to match up with that and compete with that. They might win a game or two. I just don't see the Bucks really uh, doing too much outside of winning a game or two in this series. So that is the NBA. So now we're moving on from the NBA and we're going to touch on a little bit on the Timberwolves. And then I'll be done with the NBA topic for today. But the Timberwolves, I'm really excited. Shout out to the Timberwolves. They were recently purchased by Mark Lore and Alex Rodriguez. And I'm really excited to see where the things go. I think Glenn Taylor was a terrible owner. And I think that with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and Mark Lore and Alex Rodriguez, you're going to see some championship caliber quality. I really think that the Timberwolves over the next 10 years, 5 or 10 years, are going to become a championship contender yearly and annually in the NBA with Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lohr as the ownership. Mark Lohr is an epic businessman and entrepreneur, and Alex Rodriguez brings that championship caliber history of a Hall of Fame baseball player to the Timberwolves. So I'm really excited for the future, but I think the Timberwolves could make a move here in the next few weeks. Look for the Timberwolves to add a point guard and a power forward, a one and a four. My call, if I was the GM, is I would I would pull the string on bringing in Ben Simmons at the one as a larger, more versatile one that can play defense more than Russell, and I would trade Russell to the 76ers. I would add into that package, I would add in Malik Beasley, and I would pull the trigger on moving Russell, Malik Beasley, and I would add in Juan Herman Gomes, or one of the uh, our other available chips as far as a bigger guy, and, and I would ask for Ben Simmons back and I would ask for Tobias Harris and then I would do whatever I need to make that happen so we would be adding Ben Simmons at the one and we'd be adding uh Tobias Harris at the four imagine a lineup where you're where you're putting out on a nightly basis Ben Simmons at the one Anthony Edwards at the two and then at the three say you put in Josh Okoji or you put in Jared Vanderbilt and then you have the four Tobias Harris and the five Carl Anthony Towns 
and to me that's a solid starting five and it's more a little more defensive good morning peter and thanks for being with us and then moving forward i think the timberwolves are going to have a really good chance to compete for championships especially if we can pull the string on that and then we're bringing over a european guard this year uh the guy we drafted last year balmero and he's looking like a rock star superstar over there in europe so Moving on from the NBA, we're going to move into the NFL. So the NFL, if you look at Champa Bay, the uh, NFL here and the NHL are going to intertwine because I'm going to talk about Champa Bay. I'm going to talk about Tampa Bay as far as Tom Brady bringing that championships caliber to Tampa. It's like overnight Tampa Bay's turned into Boston. It's literally overnight. Brady relocates to Tampa and now... You have the Tampa Bay Lightning that have won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Great job. Great work. Um, What's going on, Minnesota? Tampa Bay. We're supposed to be the state of hockey. I'm going to challenge the Minnesota Wild and the organization as far as... Come on. We are the state of hockey, and we haven't won a Stanley Cup. So it's time for us to get that Stanley Cup. But down in Tampa Bay... The Lightning have won back-to-back, and that's a really exciting thing for that city and state, but also, it's something about Tom Brady's going on down there where it's like, obviously that hockey team was good last year too, but Tom Brady shows up, and all of a sudden the Buccaneers are Super Bowl champions, and the Tampa Bay Lightning have won back-to-back, and it's like Tampa Bay's turned into Tampa Bay, and I can see why they call it Tampa Bay, and I could see why maybe I'd want to move down there. I'm looking at maybe opening an office down there, but man, that's insane. Like what Tom Brady is doing down there is really exciting, and it's really interesting that that city has turned around like that so fast. And to me, at the end of the day, it's just a really exciting, interesting topic to talk about Tom Brady, Champa Bay, and Tampa Bay. And I'm excited for the Timberwolves. Uh, future, and I'm excited for the Wilds' future, but I'm also excited for the Vikings' future. I think we have a really good team this year. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what's so interesting, and a lot of times that's why I like to talk more intellectually about sports, and I like to focus more on the intellect side of it, because a lot of this, it's the same shit every year, right? It's professional athletes making an exuberant amount of money that don't win championships, and then they say, oh, we'll get it next year, so... I think a cool topic around all the sports talk and all the sports is ego and looking at the systems like Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and how they win so much and what it is that represents that. And to me, it represents the removal of ego and a more economical operation. Like Bill Belichick, he doesn't oftentimes give a guy's $20 million contracts. And if you look at Tom Brady, he's the ultimate example of a leader. He pulls people up with him. He brings people up to his level and he elevates the level at which they all operate and how they all communicate and how they all orchestrate success. And they basically manufacture and fabricate success. And Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are the greatest examples of that. So I think it's a great system to look into and research. And if I was going to go into the NFL or any sports league and manage, I would look at exactly what Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have done. And I would implement characteristics of that as far as insurgency and doing what the defense takes. I mean, taking what the defense gives you and doing what the defense is taking or not taking 
and letting them take what they want to take. And if they're giving us a little dink and dunk for five yards every play, I'll take that dink and dunk every play for five yards and I'll win the game. I don't need to run fancy, flashy routes or I don't need to have fast, fancy, flashy players like Odell Beckham or Randy Moss. I can have players like Wes Welker. I can have players that are undrafted quarterbacks out of Division III schools and we can still have success and we can still win championships. So I think that's really interesting is looking at that and then also looking at how moving forward sports I think are going to start to you're going to start seeing if you look at the NBA the NBA dropped some NFTs. So moving into the NFT topic, we touched on NBA, we touched on the NFT, NFL and moving into the NFT, I don't know if any of you have ever heard about NFTs, but NFTs are non-fungible tokens. And being a guy like myself that's super into podcasting and creativity and entrepreneurship, NFTs are a really cool avenue. They are non-fungible tokens. So essentially, you can take digital assets. If you look at the world today, a lot of the digital assets that we have as individuals are owned by corporations. And if you look at corporations, a lot of their value in their assets and their appreciation is in intangible assets. You can look at tangible versus intangible assets. And most companies that are worth millions and millions of dollars are heavily leveraged as far as their assets primarily are intangible. So intangible assets are things like intellectual property, uh, brand, name, uh, image and likeness, things like those, things that you can't see, like not tangible. Tangible assets are cars, clothes, uh, tools, desks, equipment. And a lot of companies, they use our intangible information as humans and consumers to make millions of dollars. Like Facebook is a great example. They take your information and Instagram and they track what you're Google searching and what you're looking at. And they use that to market and make tons of money against online and tell people as far as algorithms or likeliness what you're going to want to buy or look at or see or transact on. So NFTs give us that ownership. So we can take something that is intangible like a JPEG, a photo, an image, a piece of art, a con- and then we can add in a layer of smart contracts where we we enter it into the blockchain and we enter it in online to the universe of a distributed public ledger and blockchain. Now we own that and it's creating a, a layer of smart contracts where we own it and whoever buys it then buys buying and purchasing it. But then we have the registered blockchain and it's registered into that distributed public ledger and blockchain where we can log on and we can see who owns it, who created it, the point of origination and the point of transaction and so forth. And then moving forward, that's a really interesting topic, NFTs. And if you look at NBA Top Shot, you're going to see everyone in the world needs to start using NFTs. It's going to be so common. It's going to be like social media. Everyone has a social media page today. Everyone's going to have an NFT drop or an NFT line because everyone can use it. If you look at it, the NFTs will eliminate middlemen. You're going to be able to be a musician, an artist, a painter, someone that does what anything, and you can instantly sell to your audience. The key is understanding that if you make something, it can be entered into the blockchain, whether it, even if you're an artist that paints pictures, you can take that picture, you can enter it into the blockchain, and now you instantly can sell it online because they use cryptography and cryptocurrency. So then you can open that funnel that you normally would only be selling to your local people. You can open it up to people at scale worldwide that have millions and billions, if not hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars that are buying and transacting on art. It's called 
you can look it up on Google, Rarible and OpenSea, and there's other online platforms that you can buy and transact NFTs on. You can buy NFTs that are just digital. You can buy NFTs that are audio. So what I'm doing is I'm moving forward and I'm trying to share this information with people and artists so that they can use NFTs to their to their as an asset and tool and to their leverage to make money and sustain as creative artists because creative artists it's hard to sustain as but it's key for us moving forward as a shift in society from a competing society to a collaborative society that we use nfts to maintain our lifestyle of creativity and entrepreneurship where we can then leverage our creative storytelling and our art and expression to sustain and make a living so nfts are essential and starting to look into them if anyone that's watching or tunes in or listens to this moving forward can just Google NFTs and then Google how like smart contracts work and do the research, it is essential. If you go to Rarible.com or OpenSea and you can look at the marketplace as far as stuff for sale, I mean, there's people out there making thousands and thousands of dollars. I just sold my, I have sold a couple NFTs and now I'm like, wow, I put one on and it sold and I was like, holy buckets. It's not that hard like I'm starting to do some art and I'm thinking about a couple collections that I'm working on as far as the Love Limbo uh, collection and the America Sells You collection and dropping those and doing digital art that's animated and then on top of it I'm going to offer utility I'm going to layer in to the smart contract where people get to spend uh, they get to be on my podcast for an hour once a year or once a month and they get to spend an hour with me once a year for life like you're going to have these things where I add it in on top of the NFT where you're not only buying the NFT and the digital asset, but you're also buying the audio that goes with it, the video that goes with it as far as me making and creating it. And then you're also getting access to spending time with me, the creator of the NFT, where you can be on my podcast, I can be on your podcast. Also, you can spend time with me one time a year for a lifetime where we get together and we develop a relationship for a lifetime. And then also on top of that, I'm going to add in, hopefully at some point, I want to start a conference where we can come together and everyone that purchases the NFT not only gets all those other utilities, but we start a conference. Anyone that is part of the community can come to the conference and we'll have conferences in a lot of the major biggest cities in America or the world. And ideally, that is the end game. And then we just build it and build it and do it and do it. So NFTs and non-fungible tokens are a really important, relevant topic as far as business, as far as entrepreneurship, as far as creativity and moving forward. And the, and the NBA dropped. You can look at the NBA as a great example of it. And I'm sure you're going to see every sports league come out with an NFT line. But NBA Top Shot, thanks to Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban is really innovative and he's helping the NBA be on top of the current trends and culture and he helped the NBA drop NBA Top Shop right out the gate right away. So NBA Top Shop if you google it is a great example of NFTs and collections and what I'm talking about. So another example before we move into Major League Baseball is V Friends. Gary V shout out to Gary V. V Friends is a great collection that just launched. I'm not the biggest fan, but I'm definitely a big fan. I'm becoming less of a fan, but I'm still a huge fan of Gary Vee and what he does and the value he brings. But the more I research and understand the V friends, it's great. Don't get me wrong. That's why I'm mentioning it. But he's a, he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And he just made, when he did his NFT drop, hundreds more millions of dollars. So once you understand that, it just it puts me a little bit in a position of like, I really think 
what he's doing, he could do more at scale. And what I mean by that is he could open it up instead of doing one conference. Gary Vee's doing one conference a year for V. He's starting a conference with his tokens and he's doing it once a year. And I think Gary Vee, if you look at his schedule, he does multiple conferences a month. He could do multiple conferences a year and just do them in the V conference or the V league. He could start a league. You could literally start a league as big as Gary is. He could be the guy that starts a, a, a community league where you have a league of elite people that have conferences and they throw these events and venues because we're becoming less social. I mean, we're still social, but we're becoming less interactive. We're spending less time together physically. So I think moving forward, conferences and having people like Gary Vee throw conferences is a great, great idea. And it's going to be really fun and really interesting. And I would love to go. But Gary Vee was selling his NFTs for like two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand, and even upwards of 20, 30, 40, 50 grand. I just don't think that's really opening it up at scale. And to me, opening it up at scale would be, for me, if I was trying to look at, okay, I want to open this up to everyone in the world, and I want to sell everyone an NFT, and I want to try and interact with everyone in the world, and then doing so, you're making the NFTs less of a pricing point to buy in at, but you're also, at the same time, you're going to be able to sell to everyone at scale. Imagine if you said, okay, forget trying to sell a large ticket item. What if I just sold a low ticket item to everyone? And like you look at that, if there's seven, eight, nine, ten billion people in the world, wherever we're headed, obviously the world population isn't quite to 10 billion yet, but we're we're headed to that 10, 11, 12 mark. And at the end of the day, if you sold 10, 5 billion people or 4 billion people an NFT or even 1 billion people or half a billion people an NFT that was 500 or $1,000, I think 500 is a great starting point. If you get said, I'm going to try and sell a $500 NFT to a billion people, do the math, folks. A billion people times 500? What about 500 million people times 500? The numbers are astronomical when you start to do that. So I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee. That's why I wanted to mention his, his drop. And it, it and I'm just trying to be someone that is a huge fan of Gary's challenges him because I think he's so ev- evolutionary and epic. But I really do think Gary Vee could do a larger scale. I mean, when I have three or four hundred, five hundred, six hundred million dollars in my disposal, or I have a mil- even a million dollars, I'm going to try and challenge myself to do stuff at scale and not just sell it to a small a thousand 2,000, 3,000 people that are elite that get access to it. Like, if you really look at the V Friends drop, like, it's great. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But it was really sold to a small select people. There's a lot of people that when they bought V Friends, they bought like 10, 15, 20 even. There's a lot of people that bought 5 to 10 to 15 or 20 NFTs. So, that really, his 10,000 tokens that he had really only sold to like a few I believe or even right now on the second secondary market there's still only two or three thousand or four thousand people that own a Gary V token and if he's only going to do one drop in his life like he says that's pretty sad and unfortunate that there's only that many people if you do the percentages of the world that had access to buying an NFT and V friend from his community and being a part of his community if you're really someone that's about the things that Gary talks about which is being someone that's about the people at scale and representing being of service and sharing education and advocacy and empowerment with the world at scale, you would want to try and, because you would understand, you would want to try and interact with as many people from the dirt and the bottom as possible. And in order to do that, you can't have an NFT drop that only sells to a few thousand people and the rest of the world that you so claim that you're about and that you so claim to be from the dirt about. Like if I'm from the dirt and I want to interact, 
you understand the people that are most skilled that have the most traits similar to yours or the hustlers and the grinders and the sacrificers from the dirt are gonna be from that dirt. So they're not gonna be someone that's at the top that has millions and billions of dollars. So once you understand that, that's why when I do a dropper, I'm ever in the position to be like Gary V. I wanna try and open up my drop to people at the bottom. So I'm gonna try and price all my NFTs moving forward at $555. 550 or $555, that's my plan. I might sell one or two every so often or do rare drops that are like single item drops for more, but I'm gonna focus on smaller entry pricing points so that people can maybe enter in that have less money. Because someone that has less money could still manage to save up and save 500 bucks or $555. So at the end of the day, NFTs are really cool. Gary Vee, I'm a huge fan of him. And I really uh, wanted to mention his NFT drop for that reason. But finally, moving forward, we're talking about Major League Baseball. Shout out to the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, we haven't been the best this year, but I'm a huge Twins fan. I'm a huge, huge sports fan. So I'm hoping to go catch a game here with my brother. Shout out to Isaiah Soul. And keep bucking, bud. And I'm going to go see a game with him, hopefully, in the Twin Cities soon. And I love the Twins. Shout out to the Twins. They're not doing so hot. But uh, I challenge the Twins to start getting on a tear and start winning some games because it's been a sad, sad season so far for the Twinkies. But moving forward, this will be a daily show, hopefully. I know I'm doing a lot of stuff for one guy, but I'm going to try and do shorter, shorter form shows. And I'm going to try and lean into my self-awareness of what I love, what I know a lot about. And I love sports and I'm really interested and I'm growing in the NFT space. So moving forward, I'm gonna focus on doing the daily NBA, NFL, NFT, MLB show. And I'm gonna add that into the Weirman Woggle, the JRW Audio Experience, the Weirman X Experience, and then, yeah, it just focusing on the shorter form shows and doing more of them that are cultural relevant topics so thanks for being with us audience your attention is always greatly appreciated if you can please take a minute and go check out some of our youtube content we are starting to upload more live videos because we're using this live streaming more regularly now to youtube and our youtube channel if you if you look in the upper corner here is weirman media and we have the weirman media youtube channel please go and subscribe and uh, we would greatly appreciate that. And if you can somehow also log on and start following and downloading our, our podcast, the JRW Audio Experience, that is the macro show to this platform. I have a macro show, which is the JRW Audio Experience, which is more like the macro channel. And that's more for long form guest interviews and some shorter form shows. And then that's why I'm sprinkling in all these other shows that shorter shows that are more about cultural relevant topics. So if you can please continue to like, share, subscribe and download, uh, that means a lot. And your attention is truly our oxygen. And at the end of the day, the whole reason I do what I do is because I want to try and educate, advocate and empower people to do the same, to start something like this around your passions about around something that you enjoy and love doing that brings you purpose, fulfillment, joy, and happiness. So you don't have to like escape your life. Like you're living the life. Imagine when you start living the life where you don't want to take vacation. Like I literally was about to go, to, I'm about to go out of state, but I'm like, I don't want to. I, I love this. I literally, when I leave this and stop doing it, I'm like, I, when I get back, I'm like, oh, this is my space. So for me, that is an amazing feeling that I want others to start doing and feeling. So. I don't need or want to escape my life. I want to live the life that is that. So for me, that is what this is. That's why I shout out to people all the time and talk about the things that I do. 
is because I want other people to start their show, their podcast, their live streaming, their YouTube channel, and their business or an entrepreneurship or whatever it is they're doing, their clothing line, around whatever it is that brings them that happiness, purpose, joy, fulfillment, and meaning. And for me, that is what I'm doing here. And that is what More Love Nation brings me. That is what We Are In Media brings me. That is what I'm doing when I'm making content. It's bringing me that happiness, purpose, fulfillment, and joy. So at the end of the day, it's never right. It's never wrong. It is simply our perspective. J-Dub Nation, thanks for being with us. Weirman Media, using the written word, photo, and video to elevate the level at which we operate, cooperate, communicate, and create, hoping that by sharing powerful, authentic, fictional stories in a vulnerable, creative, cultural, relevant fashion, that we can bring hope, education, advocacy, and empowerment to the end consumer, because none of us are right, none of us are wrong, it is simply our perspective.